This week's podcast is brought to you by Lander. Based in Montreal, Canada, Lander is the world's first intelligent drag and drop instant mastering service by Mixed Genius. So, um, you know, just for being a listener to today's podcast, we're going to give you a free trial. All you got to do is go to Lander.com. That's L-A-N-D-R.com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. You go there, you're going to get two free MP3s of your master. Uh, check it out. Let me know and let Lander know that uh, we sent you there. Okay. So today's podcast... Um, First off, before I get into what we're going to talk about, um, I just want to go directly to my social media. Right. So um, and and this is really how the conversation uh, for today really got started. So um, yesterday I put something on my um, IG um, and I said, besides the beat, what makes people gravitate towards music without any substance now? I for one will say that it was a bit of a troll, um, but I I genuinely wanted to know uh, an answer to that question. But I knew um, once I wrote that, I knew that it was going to get, you know, some some opinions, which I'm fine. I'm I'm always, you know, for people voicing their opinion. Um, But I genuinely wanted to know, you know, what really makes people gravitate towards certain types of music. Um, And and now, you know, you can kind of read between the lines and and guess what I was talking about. But for the most part, I was thinking about, you know, I'm here in Atlanta. And so if you're in Atlanta, if you ever turn on the radio, you start to hear the same music over and over and over again. Um, And and there's no secret that Atlanta is, is, um, is at the forefront um, of hip hop right now. You know, a lot of people are tending to gravitate towards anything um from atlanta um you know you can be from new york and hear pieces of it um you know all, all over really but the south in general and you know so atlanta is like really a main hub um currently for for hip-hop and you know like i said that's no secret but at, at times it just becomes like man it's the same like one song all day over and over and so i wanted to know you know, just an honest answer from people like, hey, what is it besides the beat? Because I get it. Being a producer, I know that um, music itself, you know, it it gives people a feeling. And, and, you know, so I wanted to take the beat out of it and just really think about like lyrics um, alone. Like, what is it about certain records that make people, you know, want to listen to it? And so I got uh, somewhere, maybe like, what, 40 comments Um and so I do want to run through a couple of these now, and I'll definitely uh, shout out everybody that did. So, um, and this is all IG stuff. So Sticks, S-T-I-X-X underscore Dolo, D-O-L-O. Um, he said a couple of things, man. Like, first, it was like people not, you know, having a mind of their own. Um, and like they, he went on to say when they see people um, that like it, they go on a popular trend, not even... Um, just in music, but in life in general, it's like, um, it's almost like, you know, are they even listening to the music? It's like, uh, kind of like, and his response was like, man, maybe people need to stop being stupid and, you know, and think for yourself, which I, I understand what he was coming from. Um, and, and I understood, you know, part of his comments as well, just saying like, you know, it's, it's a trend. People like following trends, almost like a follow the leader type thing. Um, and shouts to, uh, invisible man media on IG. Uh, we went back and forth quite often. Um, and he brought up a, a very solid point. Um, and he said that he, he was thinking that this is a question that actually, uh, should actually ask of music fans because asking artists, 
um, the answer will always be biased and sound like they're explaining why people don't listen to their music. And I, and I completely understood what he was saying. Um, one, one very important thing. Um, oh, and shouts to uh, L Jenkins, uh, Miss ELZ underscore Jenkins. Um, he said that, you know, just talking about in time, like, you know, you've always had uh, different types of rap all the way through time. Like uh, you had the lady man, um, the trappers, the gangsters, the kill, you know, all of that, the party rappers, so on and so on. And, you know, his his thing was, in his opinion, is it's more of a feeling for some and a allure for others. And I love that answer when he said allure, because it, it's kind of like that thing. Um, people people gravitate toward two things either they gravitate towards something that they know and understand and they they're familiar with or they gravitate towards something that they want to know like you know that that that's that allure like they they want to know what's going on with it and and they want to feel involved and so you know what better way to get that feeling than you know through music so um i, I just i just really want to share that stuff and, and i'll give a few more because uh, like i said i went back and forth with a couple of people on it um shout out to lotta uh l-o-t-t-a-910 he's a dope artist out of uh north carolina but um he said he'll explain like a djs um and being groupthink. he was like and he went on further to explain that djs play the music in the clubs most of the time that um I fall in love with a trap or non substance record because I, I'm hearing it during a good experience or fun a fun time, you know. Um that's the DJ's job. Now once this is in play, people go above and beyond to find more records that give them that same feeling from the same artist and sometimes to no avail. But the one record that they can keep a fan until another experience with the same artist happens once a person feels this way about an artist they put their friends on it and so on and so forth so um i, I really like that answer too and <laughs> then he put drops mike uh, but I, I i really um enjoyed that answer because you know it, it is a cycle it starts you know with first off the person creating the music and you know seeing who they're inspired by and all of that and uh, i'll read one one other one um from producer uh producers treehouse um and he brought up the point that i was really waiting on somebody to say um he said who decides what is considered substance um what makes certain topics or ideas um more substantial you know and 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 i really enjoyed those answers because that's what i was trying to get to i wanted people to realize that music is subjective and and you know everyone's going to have their own opinion when it comes to music some people are going to like certain things and and other people are going to like you know other things but the the important thing is that music is subjective and and you know that's why you have to find a certain market but all of this stuff i i told you all of these things and, and really i want to just kind of get you guys um in a certain frame of mind where I was going to go with today's topic um, and, and really just speaking on the A&R, you know, the importance of, a, of the A&R, like what really happened to the A&R, right? So for those of you that don't know what an A&R is, um, it stands for Artists and Repertoire. So uh, the easiest way to kind of break this down, and, and you know what, I'll read what it, what, what it says on Wikipedia, since that's what most people would go to. Um, it says, an A&R is the division of a record label or music publishing company 
that is responsible for talent scouting and overseeing the artistic development of recording artists and songwriters. It acts as a liaison between artists and the record label or publishing company. Um, every activity involving artists to the point of album release is generally considered under the preview and the responsibility of an NR. So that, that's it in, in a nutshell, right? So um, way, way back, you know, before the internet, <laughs> um, you had people that were designated to go out and scout and find talent, right? They would literally go to all the, you know, the, the hole in the wall clubs They would go out to, to uh, different cities and find out who, you know, talk to the DJs, whoever they could, you know, and find out, you know, who is the, who's, who's popping in this city right now. Right. So, um, you would have people that would literally go around and, and their, their job was to just to scout and find talent and not just artists, but, you know, also producers and, and, you know, um, road managers, any, any type of talent that you can think of that, that was their job to go out and find the talent. So, um, at some point of time, those jobs kind of dwindled. Um, of course, to me, I believe it's the internet. Um, with the advancement of the internet and the advancement of different technology, that job was slowly replaced. So you had used to have, you know, maybe, uh, maybe you know, four or five A and Rs at a label, um, and you know, you had one main head or VP of A and R, and and everyone else kind of worked up under that person. They would go out and find uh, different talent and bring bring it back to to those uh, heads of uh, A&R and they would kind of figure out hey what do we want to do like I love this artist here I love this guy here from you know an artist from Memphis Tennessee I love what he's doing he has a solid fan base I went to two shows over the weekend he had sold out shows both times it was like a thousand people at both shows I think if we get him in here get him you know surrounded by some some more talented producers um and some songwriters and we go and put some money behind him and, and put him out on the road I think he can be successful that's generally how it how it went um and, and of course now that that thing is kind of it's kind of archaic it, it doesn't happen as often um uh, there are still A&Rs and they're, they're still doing those jobs but it's kind of far and in between, right? So the the typical model today is um, you do a lot of groundwork yourself. You have a team that, that you've built um, around your success. And, and, you know, you guys go out and hit the road and you find uh, different markets to hit and people that love your music. And you eventually get to a point where you can start building some traction. You're probably getting um, on, on more than... Uh, you know, more top tier blogs and, and, you know, you're, you're getting some real traction and, and your songs are probably in the, getting a hundred thousand plays or, or, you know, a hundred thousand plus plays on your sound clouds and all of that. That's typically how it happens. And then somebody, you know, they, they'll see the job that you're doing and they'll, they'll reach out, you know, and it may be a label or it may even be somebody at an A&R position that'll reach out and say, Hey man, we love what you're doing. We want to bring into a situation. But at this point in time, now you've built so much traction on your own that you're probably negotiating more so um, a joint venture um, if you're smart versus just signing directly to a record label. Right. So uh, I'm hoping that if you do plan to go to a record label route, that you're planning to do some type of joint venture and not signing directly to the label. That's just my personal opinion. But um, that's typically how it goes now. Right. And so. What I'm trying to bring full circle here in today's conversation is just find out like what really happened 
to the A&R, like what happened in that gray area? You know, you, you, there was one point of time where there was, you know, of course, there was the finding of the talent. But once they found the talent, they would really um, just be there from the beginning of the, to the end. So they're in the recording process and they're going out there. They're finding producers and, and finding the right songwriters and, and booking the studio time and, you know, finding the best place so they can make the best environment for these uh these records you know these these big records and great records and you know even taking some of your um previous work and saying like hey i love what you have here but let's re-record it and make it sound better you know that was part of the job there and, and even you know dealing with some of the, the the promo and marketing for it but for the most part they were you know really overseeing that whole process and making sure that the record was really turning out to be what it can and, and should be um and so you know what happened with like you know, why, why did those jobs go away? Like, you know, so I mentioned it earlier, the internet, right? Of course, as technology grows and, um, the record business kind of dwindled, people are not selling records like they used to jobs are, um, for lack of better words that a lot of people got fired. Right. So, um, and, and so, the the question is like well what happens here so what happened to the person that used to do all these jobs so they really don't exist anymore for the most part now of course you have people that are there in those positions and they're still trying to hold on and do some of those jobs but um someone that's in every avenue looking and, and making sure that that whole process is right it, you know it's it's not really there you have people that that are now looking for people that are polished and, and excuse me, looking for artists that are already polished and really already good to go. Only thing that they would need to do is put a nice mix and a master on your music and put a stamp on it and, and send it out. Right. That's what was typically happening. So when that technology came and the internet came where you don't have to necessarily um, have people find you, you can go to the people and, and let everybody else kind of choose what's going on. Uh, when that happened, those jobs went away. And so it, it kind of brings me back around to why I even talk to you about what we did at the beginning, the intro, my question, like, um, you know, why do people gravitate towards certain types of music? Well, a lot of the music that's being made is being made strictly by the artist and there's nobody there's not a lot of hands in the pot right and, and so that can sometimes be a good thing and it can also be a bad thing why is it good you can it allows you to be creative you don't have anybody telling you not to make this type of record um not to do this or, or not to do that like hey you know maybe you should do things this way you don't have a lot of people telling you what to do but th the bad part about that is you don't have people guiding you in, in some of the right direction so a lot of times you're making um for lack of better words not too good music you know um, music that'll stand the test of time and i get it i understand that you know like i said before music is subjective and and you're, you're gonna have to find your your market and you know market to them the difference is is we're looking at do you want to make music for a small piece of time or do you want to make timeless music that'll last forever? And the truth of the matter is the music that's that's popular now is music that's, you know, it's just it's just for a moment. And and this is not me trying to bash anybody, anybody's music. I'm just really giving you a, a very honest and transparent conversation uh, when it comes to music. So if you think about the top five 
and we're going to stay in rap, we're talking about rappers, but if you think about the top five rappers, um, in terms of popularity, album sales, um, longevity, if you can name those people, more than likely you're going to say Jay-Z, you're going to say Nas, you're going to say uh, Kanye West, you're going to say maybe Rick Ross, you know, even T.I. Um, and, and people in that vein, right? Even Lil Wayne, if, if you want to say those, those are people that have been in the game for at least 10 years, right? And so for those, those people that have been in the game 10 years plus, they're common denominators that they can really rap. They can rap well. They, they are very talented individuals, right? Now, do some of them sometimes make some, you know, wishy-washy, bubblegum-type records? Yeah, it happens. Like, Jay-Z is one of my favorite artists of all time, but there he has a lot of questionable verses, in my opinion. The same thing about Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne had a, a, a run of genius of nothing but you know quality music but in the midst of doing so many records he also threw some records out there that that wasn't that that great right but the overall factor is that the guy made great music and he can really rap and so what happens is what i'm trying to show and express to you right now is that if you make a certain level a certain high quality of music you tend to last longer in this game the the lyricists are really the people that are lasting and and really selling records if we want to just go there if we want to talk about the record business um those people that learn how to make good high quality records and have some type of lyricism they tend to last a little bit longer in this game and so all of those things kind of helped out when there was an A&R present right when there was somebody in the studio with you at all times um helping bring the right producers in the producers that fit the message that you were trying to say it, it was no you know trying to uh you know go on sound click and wherever and just pull beats down and and all of this like yeah that's cool if you can do that and, and that's fine if that's your your model but um, i'm a huge advocate of um, having a relationship with whoever you work with so if you're going to work with producers uh, make sure you have a, a relationship with them even if that's just an online relationship where they have a a, a presence or a knowledge of who you are have some type of relationship. You don't want that to come and bite you in the butt later on where you're using beats that, you know, don't belong to you. Um, and now one of those records happened to blow up and now you have to, you're, you're in a Trinidad James situation. And for those that don't know what I'm talking about, um, just Google all goal, everything, and you'll, you'll kind of figure out what's happening. So, um, the, the thing is, you know, it, it comes back to those those real jobs that, that were there. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want to sound like a grumpy old man. Of course, technology advances and, and things change. Change is good. You know, there, there's nothing wrong with change. But um, with with things changing, you also have to figure out how can I um, how can I make this change work for us and also don't leave behind the foundation that was set. Right. A&R set a foundation of quality music and people being in, in the studio and, and really being hands-on with projects. You know, you don't want to lose that foundation. But the truth of the matter is the, the, the real A&Rs of today right now are blogs, right? And for those that don't agree that blogs are today's A&R, then think about this. Why are you trying to get on blogs right now? You're an artist. If you're listening to this, more than likely you're an artist. Every artist that I know and talk to, for the most part, their goal is to get on, on a major blog, right? They want to get on Complex. They want to get on uh, Two Dope Boys. They want to get on uh, Not Right, 
rap radar. They want to get on those huge blogs that have been around it and, and laid the foundation, um, you know, for a lot of us out here. You know, um, they want to get on those blogs. So, but their mindset is thinking, like, if I get on those blogs, it's going to show such and such that I have some real traction and, and now I can, you know, be on, well on my way to get signed. And I get that. I'm not trying to tell you not to try to focus on getting on some bigger blogs. I understand it. I get it. Hey, I would love for this this podcast to get on bigger blogs, just to be fully honest with you. But one thing that I learned um, in the midst of, of doing these podcasts is that, hey, sometimes it's not meant to be on a larger you know, platform. Sometimes it is meant for those who need the information to get the information. And so you have to find those people and, and make sure that those people get it. And so I say the same thing about your music, right? If if you're leaning toward blocks being a new A&R and blocks really telling, um, you know, what's hot in the streets and, and what, what music you should be looking out for, then your your goal as an artist should be to make sure that you are targeting to the right demographic of people that can listen to your music. So don't worry about getting on the biggest blog or anything like that. That's cool. If you get that and, and you know, you get that look, that's great. That That's a, a you know, a check mark off of your list. You, you've able to accomplish that. But what's more important is, is making sure that you're making number one, high quality music, the best music that you can possibly make. Um, and then making sure that you're targeting the right people and getting those people to music. Right. So going back to my original point of, you know, what happened to the A&R, we've said, number one, yes, the Internet definitely changed some things. But the other thing is, for some reason, and somebody you can definitely chime in in the comment section, comment session, I, I would love to um, see what you have to say, is that this level of cockiness um has been brought in the forefront. <laughs> I don't I mean it's always been there, don't get me wrong, but it just seems like nowadays like and I'll use a perfect example. I had a I had an artist who um I was just on their timeline and and it really took me back. I was like appalled. I, you know, I, I couldn't believe the stuff that I was reading. And they just pretty much to to summarize um they kind of just felt like, hey, man, I did all of this stuff on my own. I don't need anyone's help. Um, you know, if you don't rock with me, cool, you don't rock with me. It, it was just a bunch of stuff. And, and it was just funny to me because, you know, people sometimes forget, like, the fans are everything. Without fans, you are non-existent. You know what I mean? And, and so you can almost think of your fans as, as your, your A&R, right? If, if you're not pleasing your fans and if you don't have the... the um, the approval of your fans, then, you know, what, what what's going on? You know, if you try to put music out to a, a group of fans that you claim don't care about what you have going on, then it's, it's almost like working backwards in, in a sense. Uh, you know, you got to make sure that you, you're humbling yourself. And I get it. People, you know, you don't want to say humble and rap. It doesn't make sense for a lot of people. I get that. I understand it. But, you know, it's, it's like, you know, you have to be realistic, right? Without your fans, it's going to be very hard for you. And that's just a true, <laughs> true statement in every sense of the word. Without fans, it's going to be difficult for anybody. It'll be difficult for me to even do this podcast without people wanting to listen. Right. I can do it over and over again and, and think that people are paying attention. But, you know, the numbers don't lie. If I was only having, you know, 10 people listening a week, 
is that helping people? Yes, it is. But, you know, if I've been doing this for three years and only 10 people listen a week, then maybe it's something I need to change. Maybe I'm targeting the wrong people. Maybe I'm not, you know, doing my job effectively, but you have to make some type of changes. That's that's the bulk of it. Right. So, you know, the. the 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 gist of this thing here is is never forget about the ANR, but you also need to figure out, okay, if my goal is not to be on a major label, then how can I have an ANR work for me? In your setting right now, an ANR can just be somebody that has a some knowledge of of the music industry, um, have a real ear for talent, have an ear for music, and have and have your best best interest in heart, right? Um, that's really all it takes if, if you're looking to become an A&R and um, you want to start somewhere. So find two or three artists that you, you have to have a huge Rolodex. Just giving it to you plain and simple. Like, you know, a, a huge Rolodex of artists, a huge Rolodex of producers, venues, um, all of those things. Like an A&R's job is, is, is there's a lot to do. Um, you know, they can play the role of getting paperwork together and paperwork is a whole nother podcast that I definitely want to make sure that we do. But I, I think I need someone to, to sit here and talk with me about the paperwork to to really get that information across, because I know that can be a lot. But, you know, if you want to start right now to become an A&R, then your, your goal should be, number one, find an artist um, that you really have the best interest in, like, you know, their best interest. If you have that artist, then, you know, approach that artist and tell them like, hey, man, I love what you're doing. I think that some things can be better. And I feel like I can help you out with those things. Give me a trial run. Give me three to six months. Um, if if you don't think that I'm doing a good job in that time period, it's cool. We can go our separate ways, but allow me to come in and see if I can help you the best way possible. And so if, if you if you're able to maneuver and, and manipulate that situation, then one of your first jobs should be. A, make sure that you know that person's music in and out. And once you know know that person's music, then you can kind of tell the direction that they're going and you can find the right producers for that person, right? And more than likely, they're going to already have producers that they're working with. That's that's cool. That You know, you definitely don't want to break up something that's already working there. But what you can do is just, you know, find like-minded producers and and producers that may be similar to what they already have and kind of expose them to something else. What what you don't want to do um, as an artist is, you know, get caught up in a bubble and saying like, oh, I only want to make this type of music. All you need to know is your target. Once you have your target, you can make music for your target. Um, it's not saying that you have to stick to one sound as long as you're talking to your target you can choose different sounds it's just a matter of the message that you're giving them so you don't want to get caught in that box like you know i always have you know maybe two to three producers around the camp that you can rotate and go to and get different sounds and and make sure that you guys are are really um pushing yourself as as much as you possibly can um so just to really summarize that that whole a and r conversation um what happened to the A&R? The Internet. You know, that is really an easy answer to that. But what I don't want you to do is to forget about the A&R. That A&R job is very important and really can come back if, if you're willing to do that. Um, for those that do listen to, um, I have a, um, a live show that I do on Monday nights at 7 p.m. on LiveHipHopDaily.tv. It's called The Good Hennessy Show. And you know, a couple of weeks back, I kind of went on a, <laughs> I guess, a mini rant on, you know, that I was so upset that there were so many people wanted to 
want to be rappers, right? Um, don't, you know, I, and, and I guess I'll give you guys that same message, right? For those that are listening, there are so many other jobs. Um, we've been talking about A&R this whole podcast, but, you know, there are so many other jobs besides being a rapper. You can be an A&R, you can be a tour manager, you can be um, a producer, you can be um a booking agent you can be a publicist you can be an engineer there are so many other jobs in the music industry that truth be told you're probably end up making way more money than just being an artist you know uh, a lot of people want to be an artist because they want to be famous and it really boils down to what what do you really want do you want fame or do you want a paycheck for a job that you would do for free and me personally, I I want a paycheck for a job that I would do for free. You know, that fame, you know, that's that's only certain people can handle fame. And, you know, most people don't realize that until they get knee deep into fame and want to go turn around and go backwards. And, you know, at that point, it's a little too late. So, um, you know, I, that that may be for somebody that had absolutely nothing to do with today's uh, this week's podcast. But I did want to uh, just kind of express that, um, of course, this here will be um, a shorter podcast. I do have a few questions from fans. I want to make sure I get those in. But um, other than that, that's about it this week. Uh, we will have a guest next week. Um, I know a couple of you have expressed like, hey, man, what happened to all the guests? Um this is still a podcast where we'll have guests from time to time. Um, I just went on a series that I just wanted to make sure that I got that information out. Um, but we do have a couple of special guests in. And I don't want to give those names out because we do not have it recorded just yet. And so I don't want to promise you a guest and we don't have a guest. So uh, right now there is a guest scheduled. Um, and what we will talk about is up to them. I do want to um, I will give you a hint on what we will talk about, because I, I, I do want to make sure that I get that information in. Uh, but the goal is like how to survive after you left your label situation. Um, and so I won't tell you who that artist will be, but um, and hopefully that statement that I just gave you uh, will hold true. And we have that guest next week, but we do have them scheduled to come in um, to record the podcast. So um, as of right now, everything is a good um, good to go. So hopefully that that continues to work out and, and you will find out next week if that title is the same thing that I just told you. Um, also, I did want to do a, a few housekeeping things. Like I mentioned briefly last week, we are um, starting the online webinars. Um, they, they will be later um, and toward the end of February, early March, um, once we start launching that. But um, a lot of you guys have expressed about you know, you wanted to get some more content and, and a more personal, like some uh, consulting type things going. And I, I figured that, you know, doing the podcast um, is it, great. You know, I love doing the podcast now. You know, we're going to continue to do that. I don't want you to think that we're going to stop doing the podcast. That is not happening. Um, we will continue to do the podcast. However, I wanted to make sure that you know, I, I can spend a little time with, with people that, that are willing to pay, you know, a little extra um, coin just to uh, have that time. And so instead of me doing consulting where I'm charging somebody, you know, $500 an hour, which we still will do do that as well. Don't I'm not weeding that out. But, you know, with consulting, I can't be everywhere at one time. So um, instead of trying to just be one me, I figured, Hey, let's do some webinars where we can have multiple people on the line. Um, I'll give you that content that, that you're feeding for. And after we have that presentation at the end, we'll do a Q&A. 
where you can ask as many questions as you possibly can in a lot of time that we have. Um, and we'll get those questions answered for for, for you. You know, we'll have, of course, I'll be on those. Um, we may even have some professionals from different fields uh, come in and do some podcasts as well. So um, definitely going to be a treat uh, for you guys. I'm, I'm very excited about doing it. Um, this thing has been in planning for quite some time now. Um, we're just ironing out the, the final details, uh, but that is definitely coming and you will hear me talk about it every week from here on out. Uh, just giving you a reminder. Um, and for those that want to get that personal reminder, um, I do suggest that you subscribe to our email list. Um, the easiest way to do that is go to straightoutthedin.com. That's S-T-R, the number eight, O-U-T-D-A-D-E. In. Uh, you go there. If you look on the left, excuse me, the right hand side, you should see um, where you can subscribe. Um, we're only going to send two emails a week, one on a Monday and the other one's on a Thursday. The one on Monday will be the um, just your weekly um, guidance and try to give you some uplifting um, words of encouragement um, at the beginning of the week and whatever, you know, news that we may have during the week uh, there. And then on Thursday, you'll actually get a reminder about um this week's podcast. So uh, that's it. Only two emails a week is not not going to flood your inbox or anything like that. Only two emails a week from me. Um, and, I, and I guarantee that um, if, if I give you more than two emails during the week, um, it will be a special announcement where it's probably me offering something to you. Um, <laughs> other than that, it's only going to be those two. And I've held that promise right now for about six weeks strong. So I'm going to keep doing that. So definitely, once again, you can go to straightoutthedin.com, look on the right-hand side, and uh, you should see all the instructions on how to, to uh, subscribe. It'll say need guidance or something like that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I do thank you for listening. I'm, I'm going to get through uh, a few uh listener questions and so uh it looks like we only have one question this week um so uh i'll go ahead and answer this one real quick and uh let's see okay so uh, this person wants to know what is the quickest way um i guess this is a two-part trying to understand what you said what is the um the easiest way to get a job in the music industry um I'm going to be honest with you, that that's a tough question uh, to really answer because there is no easy way really to get a job in the music industry. I, I, I'll give you two suggestions. Uh, number one is to, you know, first find out what what it is that you enjoy about the music industry, um, whether or not, you know, I just gave a rundown of, of different jobs that you can have. Um, so, you know, figure out one of those that, that you're truly interested in. And once you find out what you're truly interested in, then I would suggest going and trying to intern um, for somebody and work up under them and uh, figure out how the best way to do that job in and out. Um, and even if you can't get that particular job you're looking for, I would still try to intern at um, at a record label. Um, and even if it's an independent label, uh, just try to work your way in there and learn everything every bit of information that you possibly can from your internship. Um, you guys probably heard me say it a couple of times, but I, I, I had two internships in college. One was at DTP um, and the other one was at uh, Purple Ribbon, uh, Big Boys uh, record label. And, you know, for the time that I spent at both of those places, I tried to learn as much as I possibly could, um, you know, from those circumstances and not treat it like, oh, I'm around celebrities type thing. I was really trying to learn as much information as I possibly could. So 
uh, that's what I would suggest doing. Uh, the other thing that you can do is really go out there and, and create your own um, your job. So if, if you can't find, you know, for example, if you want to be a tour manager and you can find, you know, how to, you know, an established artist, you know, then you would go up to uh, some of these indie artists that may be in your town or, you know, in your city and just say like, hey, man, um, I have a strong interest in being a tour manager. I only know a few things, um, but I, I want to try this out. I really enjoy uh, what I've read about and what I see. So I just want to, you know, see if I can be of any assistance to you and like, hey, let's take your show. I see you've been, you know, moving around the city doing some stuff so like hey let me try to do the best thing i can to get out on the road with you um and just help out you know to be honest with you a tour manager starting out you know if you're not doing big stages and you don't have a huge set or a live band with you more than likely as a tour manager you're literally making sure that the artist is comfortable going to the venue so you may get out um, and make sure that the venue is in, in good standing um, you know you're, you're talking to the owner or the promoter and figuring out the logistics of, of the performance whether you're performing for 10 minutes or, or you know performing for half an hour uh, you just want to know all of those details where the exits um where can we set up? Uh, when can we set up? When do we have to break down? All of those logistics that, you know, you're handling that stuff and, and really going back um, to the artist and making sure that you keep their job solely focused on the performance and not doing everything else. So uh, that's what I would suggest. You know, number one, get an internship, learn the craft and, and really work up under those people. And number two, go and create your own job, you know, find an artist that, that needs help in that field that you that you're doing um, and, and just insert yourself into their career you know and, and do it respectfully uh, i will say that make sure that you do it respectfully uh so that looks like the only question that i had this week um you guys feel free to send those questions in you can email me at podcast at straight out the den str the number eight o-u-t-d-a-d-e-n you can tweet them to me. Um, I will save them throughout the week. Uh, you can shoot me a DM on Instagram. However you want to send them to me, uh, feel free to do that. We will make sure that we get those answered. Don't be afraid to send questions. I love answering questions. And like I always say, if I don't have uh, the answer, I will find the answer for you. So, uh, yeah, that's it for this week. You know, um, very short podcast. Uh, we will be back again next week with um, a guest, hopefully. Fingers crossed. A uh, very dope conversation to be had there. Um, talking about how to survive um, after you after you you're out of your deal, um, which a lot of artists end up in nowadays. So it's it's great conversation to have. I won't reveal which artist it is just yet, but um, I I think it, it will be a dope conversation to have. So um, you know, stick around next week. Uh, once again, if you um, have any questions, feel free to send those to me. Be on the lookout um, for some new things that we have going on here. And like I always say, if you guys have a dream, pray on that dream, research that dream, and work until that dream becomes a reality. And with that being said, I'm Jay Good, straight out the den. We out.